do want to say quickly thank you for being here today. I know I asked you last week if we could try and get everybody here today. We weren't successful in that, but you're here and that's all I'm concerned about because I know that the, what the Lord has for us today, and if they're not here, they weren't meant to be here. Amen. But we're here. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 2. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. All throughout Scripture, numerous places in Scripture, the church is referred to as the bride of Christ. The word the bride. The bride of Christ that he is coming back for at some point very, very soon. Now, let me skip to Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to read here from the uh, the King James Version, then I'll read it from the New Living Translation. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number three, 23. Let us, lay, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. If you know God's faithful, say amen. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Be provoking one another to good work. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't get in that habit. Because that's the habit of some. They have started to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But exhorting one another, he says, and so much more as you see the day approaching. What day is he talking about? He's talking about the day that Christ comes back for his bride. As you see that day approaching, be more committed to the house of God. As you see the day approaching, provoke one another to good works more than you ever have. Let me read it in the New Living Translation, and then I'll let you be seated. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promises. And let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now of his day, uh, uh, especially now that the day of His returning is drawing near. I mentioned this on Wednesday, if you weren't here. I mentioned this on Wednesday. If you don't think Jesus is coming, you're not paying attention to what's happening around our world. Just the other day, the, the, the Pope and an Islamic, uh, what do they call him, Iman or a Sheik or something like that, somebody important, signed a treaty that essentially will begin the one world religion that the Bible talks about. Google it. It's news. I'm not making it up. It happened just last week. Jesus is coming. And I don't know when, but I know the words of Paul here where he wrote to the Hebrews that as you see that day approaching, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Don't stop provoking one another to good works. Don't stop caring and loving one another. Now is not the time because the day of his return is approaching. And I want to preach to you today on this subject, a part of... The bride. You are a part of the bride. You are a part of the bride. 
Let's lift our hands and ask that the Lord would speak to our hearts. Father, we're coming to you right now in a unified spirit and a desire for you to work and speak into our lives. Your spirit is here and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And where your word goes forth, I declare that chains of bondages can be broken, that lives can be healed, that hearts can be restored, that minds can be rewired, oh God, from the the treachery and turmoil that is keeping them awake at night. God, you can do that today. I declare that by your power and by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you and give you glory. Clap your hands to the Lord and worship Him one more time. And you can be seated if you want to. When we begin talking about the church, you've got to understand that talking about church or preaching about church is a challenging subject to talk about. For a pastor, preaching about the church in this day and hour is very polarizing. There are all kinds of different thoughts and philosophies out there that are floating around about the church. And Here is what happens. I, I, I want to help you here even this, this early in, in my, my message today. When we isolate ourselves from the church or the body of Christ, we begin to think and believe whatever makes us feel comfortable. But sometimes and often we need to hear the truth of God's Word that will cause us to rely on the truth of God's Word and not just how we feel. You see, church for some people is very, very exciting. They love church. And there are those here today, your week begins and or ends with Sunday. You're excited about coming to church. And for other people, some people don't even want to talk about church. Some people go to church because they love to. I don't doubt for a fact there are some people here today because somebody made you come. I don't doubt that fact. Some people go to church because they want to obey God's word, because God calls us to assemble together. Some people don't go to church. And you're, you're thinking, yeah, you're really going to preach about the church today, coming to church like I'm here. Yes, I'm going to do that today. I'm going to preach to the choir from the very moment I start until the very time that I finish. And that's okay. Today I'm preaching to the choir. So you're in the choir. Say la, 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 la. We're going to work on that, but okay. I understand that you're here, but I want you to leave here today with an understanding of why we come here, why we worship together. Secondly, uh, there, there might be somebody listening to me to listening to this tomorrow on a podcast or later this week uh, that need to see the value in being a part of the body because there are some, as Paul said, who have made it a habit of not being at church. And some people come to church because they love Jesus, and I want to believe that that's why you're here today. But some people just don't go to church. Some people don't don't go to church because they are too hurt to go to church. Some people don't go to church because they are too judgmental to go to church. And we're actually glad those people stay home. Don't come in here and be all judgmental and nitpicking everything and everybody and make everybody judge everybody around you miserable. We don't need that in the house of God. Not everyone is going to live up to your level of super spirituality. Some people don't go to church. If you were to ask them, some people, you know, why don't you go to church? Somebody, somebody would say this, I don't go to church because there's hypocrites there. I heard a preacher say it this way just, just last week. I was listening to something, and he said, he, said, I, he said, you don't go to church because there's hypocrites, but you're fine going to hell with them. Can I tell you what? 
I will deal with a couple hypocrites on Sunday morning just to know that heaven is my destination and I'm going to glory with Jesus. I'll deal with your hypocritical attitude. I'll deal with your hypocritical inconsistency because this is the place where the hypocrite can be saved and redeemed and delivered. I'll take all the hypocrites. Don't stay home because there's hypocritical people. We're making heaven our home. That's the reason we're here. There are all kinds of reasons why people don't go to church. They're too busy to go to church. They're too ashamed to go to church. They've got too much baggage in their lives, in their marriages, in their families to go to church. Sometimes church is something just painful that people have to endure. Some people don't come to church because they are too hurt. Please, I am not downplaying or or, or failing to acknowledge the fact that at some point, someone in the church may have hurt you. It's possible. It happens from time to time. But don't walk away on your walk with God. Don't leave everything else behind because of one bad experience. Don't let someone that something said or did to you derail your relationship with God or cause you to doubt or question the people who are around you. At some point, you've got to let healing come to that place. And I believe it's only going to happen in the church. Yeah, I'm really going to preach all day about the importance of the church. Why? Because church is becoming, in our culture, one of the most optional things that we do in our modern time. And I'm telling you today that you ought not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. There ought to be nothing that keeps you from the house of God. I understand you might get sick. I understand you might be on vacation. Don't bring your germs here. Coronavirus, get out. In Jesus' name, with the power of the Lord and bleach and Lysol, we curse you in the name of Jesus. But there ought to be something in your heart that says if the doors are open and the body is meeting and the bride is gathering, that I've got to be there. Come on, don't let this world trick you into thinking that this is not necessary. What we do is necessary. Church is not an option that Jesus gave us. It's not just some arbitrary gathering of people that think the same way. Jesus told Peter after the revelation of his name, he said, and upon this rock, the revelation of who I am, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He came and purchased the church with his blood. Yes, he came to save people, but he came to do it through the body of Christ and that is the church there is something that happens here this is a place of community it is a place of growth it is a place of fellowship I'm just going to be honest with you I don't know why the church gets a bad rap I need the church some of the best things that happened in my life happened in the church some of the most amazing experiences I've ever had happened in the church And I've learned in my life that I can't have victory all by myself. I am only blessed and victorious when I am connected to the thing, the entity that God has blessed on planet earth to be the hub of faith and life and favor and belief and love and grace and hope. And that is the church. Now let me give you a disclaimer. I want to I say this before I go any further. I want to disclose this. If you're taking notes, if you're listening on our podcast, I'm talking to you right now. If you're here today 
I've got to inform you that this church, the church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, is full of flawed people. Ain't none of us perfect. From the pastor to, excuse me, Sister Nicola, the person that met you at the door. It is full of flawed people. From me to her to the person sitting beside you. I know they think they're perfect. And I know you pretend to think they're perfect. But they're flawed too. They're flawed. So why do people come into a place expecting a flawless experience when only flawed people are here? This is not some utopian community where we've got it all together and we do it all right the first time all the time. No, we are just a bunch of people that are flawed and love Jesus and we've connected ourselves to this church and this body and we're in this forever. We're in this thing. We bought into it. If we come expecting perfection, it is no wonder that we leave so hurt sometimes and so unfulfilled. The church is not full of perfect people. It is full of flawed people who are on their way to to fulfilling the destiny and calling that Jesus Christ has put on their lives and died for. Why are you saying this, Pastor? I'm saying this because don't let your failure or the failure of someone else or the hurt that you might experience in the church be the reason that you miss out on your destiny or your calling that God has for you. Your purpose and your calling cannot be tied to whether someone treated you right or shook your hand or hugged your neck. I don't know about you, but man, Sunday is my favorite day of the week. If it's only mine, that's okay. I hope it's yours before we finish here today. Uh, Sunday is my favorite day of the week. You know why? Because I get to come to church with you. I mean that. I get to worship God with you. I get to come to church with you. I get to grow with you. I get to hear the word of God preached with you. I get to be challenged with you. I get to rejoice in testimonies like we've heard today with you. It's my favorite. I'm thankful for a place and a time where we can come together and be in the presence of God Almighty. But the church is full of flawed people. Let me tell you what the church is not. The church is not a building. Although we meet in a building most of the time, we are not a building. It's not a building. The church is not one person. Somebody say amen. Amen. It's not one person. In in Scripture, the church is never referred to singularly. It's always plurally. You know what that means? You are never the church by yourself. you got to have somebody with you. You're never the church. Church, now, if I haven't ticked you off yet, this might, and that's okay. The church is not a denomination or an organization. I figure if I'm upsetting everybody, let's just get everybody on the table. I might as well hit everybody at the same time. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the United Pentecostal Church. But this isn't the only organization that believes truth and preaches the truth and lives right and preaches the gospel. It's not the only one. It's not. The church is not an organization. It's not a building. It's not a person. It's not a denomination or an organization. You know what else the church is not? It's not a personality. Sometimes people's entire walk with God is characterized by the person that they follow. And I would venture to say that that person is not Jesus. 
I appreciate all your support. I appreciate every pat on the back. Pastor, you preach good today. We love you. I appreciate all the love. I appreciate all the prayers. I appreciate all of the encouragement. I really do. But I just want to tell you, remind you what I said a few moments ago. I am flawed. I have failed God. I am still flesh. And if you are depending on me to always prop you up, then you are looking for a letdown because I am not perfect. And at some point in our relationship as pastor and saint of God, I am going to let you down. I'm going to make a mistake and I'm going to fail you. And I apologize for that in advance. But I'm flawed. And if you're always expecting me to prop you up, I'm going to let you down. You see, I'm here and I hope that you are too for one reason and for one reason only. And the one reason that we're here for was born of a virgin girl named Mary. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And he is not in a tomb somewhere, but he is high and exalted on his throne. And the only reason we're here today is for Jesus who is alive and well and preparing to call his bride home. Somebody say amen. That is why I'm here today. That is why the church exists today. So what is the church? If it's not all those things, then you've got to have a definition. The church is the gathering together of the people of God. It's pretty simple. Anytime we are together, we are the church. Yesterday, a group of the church went to Lido's. We had church at Lido's. Was there any singing and shouting and dancing? No, but the church was there. And the church is here today. And when you go out today and you, with whoever you're going out to lunch with, and there's three or four of you there, the church is going to be there. And the power of God is going to be there. You see, I come to church because I want to encounter the presence of Jesus in a way that it can only be experienced collectively. Now, you should have a personal walk with God. Absolutely. Absolutely. You should have a personal walk with God outside of this building and gathering together of believers. But there is something supernatural and special that is only reserved for when the people of God come together to hear the word and fellowship together and worship together. There's something special. Watch this, Matthew chapter 18. For where two or three are gathered together. All right, let's stop there. Where two or three are gathered together, or by implication four or five or a hundred or a thousand or twelve hundred, what Jesus is saying, it doesn't really matter the number, doesn't matter as long as there's more than one, I'm there. You say, I've got a prayer life. Keep it. You need that prayer life. But you and I also have to embrace the truth that the design of the church was to be in community and fellowship with one another together in unison. He reserves something special for when we are together. He reserves that special. Now, let's keep going. For where two or three are gathered together in my name. Here's what I want to tell you right now. It's not about the number It's about the name. The source of the power is not about the number. It's about the name. I'm thankful for the number. I'm thankful that we've got a great crowd today. I'm thankful that you're here. But I find it funny. 
A couple weeks ago, Wednesday night, I said, hey, we're having vision casting be here. And I'm up here casting vision. I said, hey, I believe that God is calling us. We're going to grow 10% this year. That's our goal. I believe that we're, we're going to grow by 10%. I, I feel like that's the number that God has put in our heart. It's an attainable goal. And, and if three or so percent of people leave, it'll cover somebody who might move away and, and somebody who might do this. But I'm casting vision for growth. Somebody calls me the next week. Hey, pastor, I'm leaving. Well, thank the Lord. Here I am trying to get everybody on the same track, and you're clearly not there, right? I, you, I want you to understand this. It's not about the number. Because if half of y'all leave, and before I'm done today, that might be possible. I'm not sure. I'm, ch- I'm kidding. But if half of y'all leave, we're still going to gather together next Sunday, and the power is still going to be here. Because the power is in the name and not the number. We're gathered here today in the name that is above every name. We are gathered. And when we gather for his name, and when we gather for his kingdom, and when we gather for his glory, he shows up. And he shows up in his power and his authority. We've already felt it today. And things start happening. And people's lives start being changed and turned around because his power and glory are here. See, there's somebody here today. Uh, they, they feel like you're in the middle of something really, really difficult, real, tough trial, tough situation. And I want to assure you that if I was going through a tough tri- trial and a tough test, there's no place I'd rather be than in a place where Jesus said he would show up and where two or three are gathered together. I'll be in the midst. That's the place that I want to be. There's some folks probably here today. You know, you don't, you know, you're not really sure about church because you feel unworthy, like you're unlovable and unreachable. I want you to hear me today. If you feel like that today, hear this word of truth that's about to come out of my mouth. The devil is a liar. Jesus has not called you to perfection. He called you to a body where you could work out your salvation with fear and trembling and that you could work out everything that might be wrong in your life. Come on, the bride works problems out. we got to get some kingdom vocabulary. Everybody say kingdom vocabulary. Say we. Say us. Say they. It's the vocabulary of the kingdom. The vocabulary of the church is never I, me, or you. It is always us, we, and they. Team. Together. Church, plural. I really feel this in my spirit. Man, I've been feeling this strong in my heart for the last couple weeks. So much so that I ended our Abundant Life series early so that I could preach this to us today. God is calling us as a church to a realignment of our priorities so that our priorities would be centered upon the church. I'm not just talking about everything that happens in this building. I'm talking about being committed to the body that you're a part of, the bride that you are a part of, committed to the kingdom. I'm talking about community. I'm talking about fellowship. I'm talking about gathering. Gathering together. Watch this. Acts chapter 4. 31. And when they prayed. Somebody say they. The place where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. It sounds to me like Jesus is interested in a they. 
He's interested in a they. He's looking for a they. And I am thankful that every time I have been alone, I'm thankful for every time I've been alone in my car. Or every time I'm here at the church and I'm praying by myself and I feel the power of God and there's tears streaming down my face and there's something powerful happening in that moment when I am alone. But there is something even more powerful that when we come together that happens. Every one of those individual moments are important because at that moment God is pouring into you what you need to pour out of you when we come together as a body. He pours it into you so that you can pour it out when the body is together. You know that anointing you have on your life? That anointing that you have on your life is not for you alone. Watch this. Ready? Luke chapter 4 and 18. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Jesus said, I have been anointed so that others could be blessed. You have been anointed so that others can be blessed by the anointing and the grace that God has put in your life. Your anointing is to be used when the body comes together. And bless those around you that are wounded and hurting and in need of healing. Watch this. You don't know, let me say it like this. You don't know, if you are here today, you don't know how blessed you are. To be, you are in a, you know that every church in town doesn't look like this church? You're blessed. You're blessed to be in a church where where you are in a multicultural church. I'm going to tell you a little story. I think it's pretty funny. We got a custodian at school, and uh, his name is Mr. Larry. Mr. Larry's about to retire, and uh, Mr. Larry is black. This is important to the story. That's why I'm saying that. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Larry, he's a, he's a good man. He's supposed to be here in a couple weeks. Good man. Good man. He's in the process of retiring. And uh, one day we were talking about church, and he said, hey, uh, Alan, he came whispered in my ear like it was some kind of secret. So he said, hey, uh, black people come to your church? <laughs> I said, yeah, Larry. I said, yeah. And I started to break down our demographics. You know, I, I got all the percentages and the numbers in my head. I break it down. He said, why do, why do you know that? I said, well, because it's important for me that our church looks like, it, like its community. But can I tell you what Larry's real question was? Was, is it safe for me to come to your church. And I thank God that it is safe for anyone, any color, any creed, any background, any nationality to walk through that door and worship with us because they're a part of the bride, they're a part of the body, and the only color that matters to us is the red blood that Jesus shed for us. And I'm not just saying that to be cute. I'm saying that because I believe it at the depths of my soul. You're a part of the bride. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse number 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into, everybody say one body. 
whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Say one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. It's not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I am not of the body, is, there there, is it therefore not the body? If your foot says, I'm not as important as the hand, is your foot still not connected in a part of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I am not a part of the body, is it therefore not the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If everybody's an eye, what are you going to hear with? He says, if everybody, if, every, if the whole were hearing, where is the smelling? If we're all ears, then where's the nose? We got Macy doing this thing right now. We're trying to teach her, where's your eyes? Where's your chin? Where's your nose? And she sticks her finger up her nose. Where's your ear? I thank God we don't have to come in here and say, where's the eye? Where's the nose? Why? Because we come in here and we do and we're involved in the ministry that God has called us to. And because we do that, we function as a body, as one. But now he says, verse 18, but now God has set members, every one of them in the body, as it pleased him. As it pleased him. So let's go back to Acts chapter 4 and verse 31. And when they prayed, and the place was shaken where they were assembled together. I think it's pretty cool. That word assembled together in English is two words, assembled together. In the Greek, it is one word. In the Greek, it's one word, sunago. S. Y-N is the root word in the Greek. It is the same root word that we also get the word synergy from. Now watch this. Synergy, let me define it. The interaction or cooperation of two or more organizations, substances, or other agents to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. Meaning that when we work together, we have a bigger effect than if we just did it on our own. I'll illustrate this in a way. Every Sunday morning, this, is, this operates in our church. We have a fantastic group of musicians and singers. But if the singers got up here and they all just sang their own song, it would sound pretty bad if everybody was singing their, their own thing. Right? We get that. And then... What happens is, Sister Cherie, she fires up the keyboard. Whatever. The beat drops on the drums. Brother Ronnie fires up the organ. Brother David hits the bass. Boom, 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 boom. And the voices come together. And all of a sudden, the gifting and the grace that God has put on each of them works collectively, and the body responds and moves because of synergy. Because one element in and of itself might be powerful, but when all elements come together, something begins to happen, and it has a greater effect than if it would have on its own. That's synergy. It's synergy. If one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. It's synergy. 
Because we're better together. We function better together. We need each other. We're more blessed when we are unified together. You got devils you're fighting and you're struggling. You can't seem to get rid of it. Don't stay away from the church. I'm telling you today, run to the church because together we're better. Together we're better. We need the body. I illustrated this a few few years ago probably. American bison, when they are attacked by a predator, they will surround the weaker and the younger bison so that animals that would come in to attack can't get to the weaker and the younger of the herd. And they stand. They stand. Come here, Ron. Come on, guys. Come here. Help me. Help me. Help me. Come on, Shelly. Come help me. Come on, Ann. Help me out. You're, you're as mean as a bison. Come on, Reagan. Come here. Help me, Reagan. All right, we're going to get in a circle. We're going to get in a circle. Backs, backs facing each other. So we're facing out. Face out. Face out. Come over here. All right. Here we go. Circle is a circular, circular object. We're getting a circle. Come over here. Bison can figure this out. Humans can't. You're going to stand right there. They surround the younger and the weaker. Horns out. Put your horns out. Yours are like this. I'm just thankful to be a part of the body. Hallelujah. They surround the weaker and the younger so that they're protected from an attack. They surround those who are, you know what that means? When you're wounded, we'll put you inside and we'll stand guard because the roaring devil, the devil as a roaring lion is seeking whom he may devour. So while you lick your wounds and you heal up, we'll guard. And when I'm wounded, you guard me. And we work together because we're a part of the body. I came to tell you today, run with the herd. Get connected to the family. Get in the body and grow. Thank you. Thank you. Get connected to the body. When you separate yourself from the herd, you're susceptible to an attack. Disagree? The banana that separates itself from the bunch is the one that's peeled. The banana that separates that is separated from the bunch is the one that's peeled. Here we go. Psalms 92. I'm almost done. I haven't preached this long in a long time. But you're enjoying it. It's okay. (laughs) Psalms 92. Verse number 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that may be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. I'm just thankful I'm in the will of God. Turn to somebody and say, you hang out around here, you're going to get fat. Now don't pack up your stuff and leave. Some people are like, I'm trying to get out of here right now. (laughs) He's not talking about physical size. He's talking about spiritual growth. Hang on around here. The ministers, the word, the worship and praise, the fellowship, the body. You're going to get spiritually strong if you get connected to the body. 
This is a nursery pot. It is meant to keep the plant functioning, but to prevent it from flourishing. It's easy to move around. I go to the store, I pick it up, and I take it home. But I don't leave it in the nursery pot. I go to the store, I buy it. It can bounce from nursery to nursery, shelf to shelf, home to home, in the nursery pot. It's keeping it alive and functioning, but it is preventing it from flourishing. It is meant to be budding and growing. You put this in the ground, this little, this little plant right here would probably grow to about two, three feet tall, right? Because it's in the ground. Because it's in the nursery pot, what happens? Its roots are contained and are unable to spread out in soil so that the plant can grow and be and reach the way that God has designed this plant to do. Because it's in the nursery pot, it can't stretch out its roots and grow. You see, these roots are trying to expand. They're trying to go deeper. They're trying to grow. Because the fruit to increase, for the fruit and the strength of this plant to increase and for it to flourish, its roots must go deeper. There are some people here today, you're trying to figure out why there's not increase in your life. Why we just preach for seven weeks about abundance and you don't seem to see it. You feel like you're not growing. You feel like there's no increase in your life. I be- I'm coming to tell you today you're living in a nursery pot. You're living in a nursery pot. Hear me today. Don't blame God nor give the devil credit for the trouble in your life when you're not committed to the body and showing up to church. I told you I'd tick everybody off before we left today. Don't blame God. Don't give the devil credit for the turmoil in your life when you're not not part of the body. You're not engaged. You're not serving. You're not giving. You're not. Why aren't you growing? Because you're not connected to the body. You're You're designed to be a part of the bride. If you you're supposed to be planted and flourishing. Somebody needs to make up their mind today. I'm about to get planted in the house of God. I am going to get planted deeply in the church. I'm going to get planted so that I can flourish. I'm going to get planted so that I can serve. I'm going to get planted so that I can grow. The grow, if, if there is going to be depth and growth in your life, you've got to get planted before you see the fruits of it. Stand with me this morning. You're a part of the bride. We are never the church alone. We need each other. We need each other. We need one another. Because when we all are functioning the way that God has called us to function, you got dirt everywhere. So I don't have a microphone. Maybe you don't need one. Maybe that's not your function. I'm not saying I'm the only one that can preach. I'm not. There's people way more gifted and talented than I am, way better preachers than me. I'm fine with that. 
But when we all start to function, and when we all start to do our job, and when we all get planted in the body, Oh, there is a unity that comes that brings breakthrough, that brings revival, that brings a growth in our hearts and lives that some have never seen and never known. Please, don't misunderstand me. God can work when there's 12 of us. If there's only 20 of us next Sunday, God's still going to work and move. It's not about the number, it's about the name. But when you get planted, and there's some people there, it's just like you're... bouncing around half committed half here half not here here and thinking about being somewhere else wondering why your life is in turmoil get committed to the body plant yourself plant yourself and say Lord if this is where you have called me to there are people here today that are so gifted and talented and they, they may be relocated to this area God, God drew them to this church and, and they could have went anywhere and been effective. They could have went anywhere and been used, but they chose to make it here. I thank you today. Hear me today. Thank you for picking somewhere and getting planted. Thank you for being here as we transition. Thank you for being here supporting our bishop as he transitioned out of his role. Thank you for being here and being a part of what we're doing right now. Thank you for that. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I love you because we're a part of this body. And I'm telling somebody who's on the outskirts, get yourself planted here. This is a good place to plant yourself. This is the right time to plant yourself with this body. This is the time. Say, Pastor, Pastor, I'm broken, I'm messed up. We all are. There's all kinds of dysfunction in this room. We just put on a suit and hide it. Jesus. You're part of this body. You're a part of this body. You're a part of the bride. I love what Revelation said. Spirit of the bride would say, let whosoever will, let him come. The spirit of the bride. We're a part of this body. Get planted here. You might be messed up. Get planted. You might have turmoil in your life. Get planted. You might feel unworthy. Get planted. Plant yourself anyway. Plant yourself anyway. Just over outside by the dumpster. No, don't plant yourself by the dumpster. Sorry. Two different thoughts. Plant yourself here. But outside by the dumpster is the remnants of this past year's Cosner Christmas tree. You know why that Christmas tree is brown and it's dying? Because when they took it from the tree farm, they cut the roots off. And it'll last for a little while because it can absorb water through its little trunk. But because there's no roots, it is bound to die. It's bound to die. You might feel like today, I'm bound to die. There's no hope for me. There's no help for me. I'm telling you today in the spirit, you're wrong. Because the God who gave you life and put breath into man's lungs can cause you to sprout and grow if you will plant yourself in the house of God. 
Lift your hands with me right now. Father, we have experienced your power already today. We have experienced your liberating spirit as we've worshiped. God, your word has gone forth. And there's some people here today, God, that might be wavering, might be a little bit of commitment issue, Lord. And I believe that you're trying to realign some priorities right now. You're trying to realign some some priorities in their lives, in our lives, God. And I believe it's so greatly in the importance of the body of Christ that we need one another. That we need one another, God. Oh, we need one another. When I'm weary, let somebody else be my strength. When I'm hurting, let somebody else be my strength. Oh, God, we need one another. I'm going to ask you right now today, if you want to be planted you want there to be growth in your life you want there to be increase you want your roots your spiritual roots to hit that soil and begin to go deeper so that there can be increase in fruit in your life I'm going to ask you right now step out of your seat and make your way to this altar step out of your seat and make your way to this altar so I want my root system I I want to get planted here maybe you're you're thinking pastor I already am planted here I've been here for the long haul step out anyway Come on, there's... Hey everybody, this is Pastor Allen from The Lighthouse. Thank you for streaming our service. We hope it was a great blessing to you. If you'd like to find out more about our church or connect with us, you can find us at fredericlighthouse.org or on Instagram and Facebook at Frederick Lighthouse. Thank you so much. God bless you. 